Good morning, church. If you have your Bibles, find your place, and we'll look today in Luke chapter number 15. If you're with us today on this uh, 4th of July weekend, welcome. I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you here today. May the Lord bless you. Please let us know how we can help or be of assistance to you in any way. If you give us that information on that card, we can speak with you and talk with you and uh, help you with your questions. We continue to look today at the everyday stories of the Lord Jesus. We found our way to Luke chapter number 15. We find the Lord Jesus eating with some uh, questionable people according to the religious people of his day. And so we'll pick up reading in Luke chapter number 15, beginning in verse number 15. The Lord Jesus is uh, going to give us three parables, three stories, everyday stories, uh, to answer the criticism of the religious leaders that he receives and eats with sinners, those who are not righteous religious people. Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse number one. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, to the Lord Jesus. But the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them, uh, this parable or this story. What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance." Now our focus for today is verses 8, 9, and 10. The Lord continues with another everyday story. Or what woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one of them, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word and may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today. We pray that you might give us a focused ability to understand your word. We pray for orphans and for foster children today all across Tennessee and around the world. We pray that you would be your father to the fatherless. You promised to take care of them, and we thank you for doing that in ways we do not see and understand. We pray that you might raise up other foster parents across Tennessee in our own particular counties that we live, and also 
that you would help our church, that we might be faithful to do our part in ministering in the name of Jesus to these dear ones. May these boys and girls come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Put them in the right places, Lord, that they might hear your word and respond. We thank you for what's happened among our students as they went to camp, and we thank you for the blessings of seeing people who are lost in their sins find Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our focal truth today is this, that Jesus' ministry of searching and finding the lost is the church's ministry. You see, this is what the Lord Jesus came to do. He came to seek and to save the lost. The Lord describes lost people as those who do not have a relationship with God. The Lord Jesus uses the word lost for people not to condemn them or criticize them or make a bad statement about them as a person. He's simply describing their spiritual condition. The reality may be that some of you in this room today, you're really lost, you're religiously lost. You know all the words, you know all the phrases, you might have been brought up in a Christian home. You might have a a daddy uh, who was a preacher or you had a daddy who were deacons or some teachers in the church. Your mother loved the Lord, but you don't really, you, you just followed along religiously. You don't really know. You've never found, as we would say, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't have a real relationship with him. Well, these religious leaders were always uh, quick to criticize the Lord Jesus. Hopefully, we don't follow in the same path of criticism, griping, and complaining as believers in Jesus Christ in our day. We have better things to say than that. But these religious leaders, here are these tax gatherers, these Roman, uh, Roman IRS people collecting taxes, and these sinners, these non practicing Jews. And here's this rabbi, Jesus, who's eating with them and welcoming them, and they're interested in what he has to say. This man receives sinners and eats with them. So today we focus again on the church's responsibility, and this is the second of these stories. First, lost sheep. Second, lost coin. Third, we'll see it next week, lost son. All of these describe someone or something lost and how they are found by someone. The Lord is describing what His ministry is about, searching and finding the lost. The church in our day has a real problem with this sometimes. We clash with this. Because we know sin is such a terrible thing, the sinfulness of sin is great. Those of us who've been saved from great sinfulness, sometimes if we're not careful, become the greatest haters of sinners. That's not the way God designed it to be. If you are someone here today and you recognize how great you were in your sin, when Jesus Christ saved you, you are one of those who loves sinners because someone back in the day loved you when you were in your sin. So today we learn this because we have a responsibility. Do we associate with sinners? I didn't say, do you become like them? Do you act like them? Do you you, uh, approve of the way they live? I'm asking, 
Are you an open enough person that people can, who are not believers can come towards you, speak with you, and feel comfortable that they can talk to you about the condition of their life? That's what it means for us to be salt and light. So today that's what we'll learn about as we study the Word of God. And I'll confront you with this question now. I'll ask it repeatedly. Do you love sinners like Jesus loved sinners? First Baptist Church Dixon. Do we love sinners like we love one another? Do we love sinners? Well, we have uh, several observations that I want us to look at as we think about this woman who lost this coin, but then she found it. Number one, the ministry of seeking and finding the lost is compared to this woman who searches for a lost coin. Secondly, the Lord Jesus, His ministry of seeking and finding the lost was at the heart of why He came. The ministry of seeking and finding is the Lord Jesus' ministry. And it was all the time that He was on the earth. And now He's given that ministry to us, church. Now the ministry of seeking and finding has been given to us. It lands at our feet. It is our responsibility. It is our duty. I'm speaking to every believer who can hear my voice today. You have a responsibility, just like I have a responsibility, to seek and to find those who are lost in their sins and to share with them the gospel and help them come to know the Lord Jesus. So what did this woman do? Well, let's go back to the story. What does she do? She has 10 silver coins, verse 8. She loses one of them. These coins are valuable. She only has 10, now she has 9. The value of this coin is important. So what does she do? Well, the Lord asks it in the way of a question. If she's lost this valuable coin, won't she uh, light a lamp and sweep the house? And I especially want you to notice the phrase, and search carefully until she finds it. She doesn't give up. She doesn't say, well, I'm just going to take better care of the nine. She searches carefully. Uh, she searches diligently. She searches relentlessly until she finds the coin. When she finds the coin, verse 9, she calls together her friends and she says, let's rejoice. Rejoice, I found the coin which I've lost. And then the Lord reminds us of heaven's response to sinners. This is the linkage. This is what he's talking about. We search and seek to lead sinners who are, who are not saved to Jesus Christ. There is, I say in the same way, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now let's think about the ministry of the Lord Jesus for a moment and His seeking and finding ministry. Now I'd like for you to take your Bible, and we're going to go a little bit quickly, but I want, to, I want you to see some places in God's Word that demonstrate how the Lord Jesus lived His life seeking and finding. By the way, I'm talking about your Christian lifestyle here. I'm not just talking about like in the old days we had a visitation night. And some people had the idea, well, that's the night you go out and... No, we, you see, the lifestyle of every Christian in this room is a lifestyle of seeking 
and searching for the lost who come across our path. They are coming across your path every day and telling them how they might come to know Jesus. So we're on a search rescue mission every day. It's our call. We wake up in the morning. We are on search and rescue. We, we go to work, search and rescue. We go home, search and rescue. You must set your mind around this idea of search and rescue. So the first place I'd like for you to go is John chapter 1. John chapter 1, if you'll turn there quickly with me. We read these words and I'll read through it then make a comment. Notice what happens when the Lord Jesus searches out his first disciples. John chapter 1 beginning in verse number 35. John 1, 35. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they, notice, followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? What, what, what can I do for you? They said, Rabbi, which is, means teacher, where are you staying? And verse 39, notice now search and rescue, search and seeking and finding. And he said, come and see. Uh, and they came and they saw where the Lord was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th the hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Please notice the language of finding. He found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, he, that is Jesus, purpose, on purpose, he had a plan. He planned to go into Galilee. And notice again what the Bible says. He found Philip. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said, can any good thing come of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming and said, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile. Nathanael heard these words and he said, how did you know where I was and that I'm where I was where I was at, and before, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And he declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you're the King of Israel. Finding those who are lost, find Jesus, and then they take their friends and neighbors to meet Jesus also. This is what we do. This is the pattern of our life. When you come to know Jesus Christ and you are saved, it is a natural response of every believer to go and tell other people what you found. What have you discovered? 
There was when I was growing up a, a, a group called Campus Crusade for Christ. And they, you know, back in the day, you know, people now put it on their windows of their cars, stickers. We put bumper sticker. Does anybody here know what a bumper sticker is? A bumper sticker. And Campus Crusade, we passed these out, handed them out in college. I found it. Then they changed it. I found him. I found him. I found him. You see, that's what every believer in this room goes around doing. We go around saying to people in all kinds of ways. It's not that you get up and preach like I'm doing right here. It's while you're eating. It's while you're, you're, you're sitting at your desk at work or out in the field working with people. Or you're in the grocery store. You find your way. Uh, you have to go to the doctor. or what. Again, whatever the place, it's a lifestyle of saying, I found him. I found him. Who did you find? I found Jesus Christ. I once was lost and now I'm found. He found me. I have found him. And so we share it with other people. We continue to do it. Well, John 9, quickly, John 9. The Lord Jesus, we read in John 9, 1, as he passed by. Again, this is the Lord's lifestyle. He didn't wait for, this is interesting. The Lord didn't wait for official times to speak in order to tell people who he was. <clears throat> he did it in his daily life as he's walking around. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. Now the Lord sees this man in this terrible condition. He can't see. He's never been able to see. Can you imagine being blind from birth? Can you imagine not being able to see anything? So the Lord, what did he do? Out of his mercy and grace, he saw this man in blindness. This is, what the, this is what the Lord does for all of us in our spiritual blindness. If you will come to him, he spits, takes the dirt, spits on it, puts it on the man's face, tells him to go wash. He's healed. The man is called because it's on the Sabbath day of the Jews. The <clears throat> religious leaders are worried about it. They call this man in and they interrogate him and who did this and how did you get <clears throat> They didn't rejoice that he was able to see. They were worried about how he was able to see. <clears throat> Lessons for religious people not to follow. So here they are <clears throat> questioning him. All the questions go on and on. Well, finally they decided you can't come to church here anymore. So they put him out. Put him out of the synagogue. So we read these precious words, verse 35. Jesus heard that they had put him out and finding him. Oh, how wonderful that is. Pause. The Lord was on his way to do work. The Lord Jesus was on his way to the cross. The Lord Jesus had many people to speak to. The Lord Jesus only had a limited time to do what he was going to do. He had a tight schedule. But he went, listen, the Lord Jesus went and found this dear man who had been rejected even by his own family. He found him. Do you believe in the Son of God? This is John 9, 35. He said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe? Jesus said, you have both seen him. What a wonderful thing. He healed him. And now, what does this, what does this man with new eyesight see in the first hours of his life, the Lord Jesus. You have seen him and he is the one who is talking with you. <clears throat> he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Then we have also the story of the Lord. And I could pick many. 
But I've picked these because I want you to see various things. The Lord took the initiative there to find the man in desperate condition. Do you take the time to go to people who are in desperate condition and see what you can do to help them find the Lord Jesus? Now go to Mark chapter number, uh, Mark chapter number 7 in your Bible. <clears throat> Mark chapter number 7. This is, this is an important passage because this shows us the Lord Jesus with Gentiles. Why would the Lord do what He did? Well, everything He did, He did on purpose. By the way, you ought to have some purpose in your life. <clears throat> Spend every day, Christian, honoring God and glorifying Him. Even when you go on vacation, have a plan to glorify God. You don't take time off from it. You glorify God every day. Our days are short. Our days are numbered. So now we read Mark 7, 24, Jesus got up and went away from there to the region of Tyre. Now, you'd have to study your maps in the back. Tyre, we're not familiar like we are with Tennessee. Tyre, it's the place where the Gentiles live. This Jewish rabbi now intentionally goes to the land of the Gentiles. And he, <clears throat> when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know of it, yet he could not escape notice. He was famous. Even among the Gentiles, word was out about Jesus Christ. But after hearing of, of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit, she was demon-possessed, immediately came, and notice what she does. Here's a Gentile woman, <clears throat> not a Jewish woman, in terrible in, in, in a with a burden for her daughter who was demon-possessed, and she falls at the feet of Jesus. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician race. She kept asking the Lord to cast the demon out of her daughter. Well, the Lord acts as if he's cruel here. He says, let the children, speaking of the Jews, let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Sounds cruel, but the Lord knew what this woman would do. She answered and said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. And the Lord said, Because of this answer, because of your faith in me, go, the demon has gone out of your daughter. You see, the Lord, why would he go among the Gentiles? Well, wait a minute, just for one. Just for one. Just for one. Brothers and sisters, I'm reading it to you. It's the second time the Lord said this. Luke 15, 7. I tell you that in the same way there will be joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Then over 99 righteous. Uh, verse number 10. In the same way I tell you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. One. I'm trying to get you to think about one. Not the many. One. The day you came, heaven rejoiced because you believed, believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus went and he found one. And then another one found another. And another one found. This is what happens in the story of the early apostles in John. He found one who was, who was blind and healed him. He found one. And this woman begged for the demon to be cast out of her daughter. Jesus went searching and finding the lost. It was his lifestyle. It's the way he lived. He expected 
to meet up with lost people. You can't build a big enough wall. You can't turn off enough devices. You can't live in a, in a secluded place and try to run and hide from the lost. They are all around you. You once were one of them. We must think about, again, our own thoughts related to the lost. Aren't you glad someone was like Jesus? They cared about you when you were lost, when you had no clue about God. You hated God. You rebelled against the things of God. You loved your sin. You were embarrassing to be around because of how wicked you were. You thought evil things, but somebody cared enough about you to tell you about Jesus. They went searching to rescue. Well, the ministry of the church is the same. Is there an urgency in our church among us to do this? Well, it's what Peter did. It's what Peter did. I want you now to look at the New Testament just for a moment. And I, I'm aware of our time, but I want you to see this for a moment. I want to finish this. You see, the ministry of the church is to do what the Lord Jesus said. I've come to seek and to save the lost. What did Peter do? Well, Peter was moving along. Let me read quickly. Acts 9, 32. Now, as Peter is traveling through all the regions, he comes down to the Christians who live at Lydda. And there was a man there who was bedridden eight years. He was paralyzed. And so Peter says to the paralyzed man, Jesus heals you. Get up and make your bed. Immediately he got up. And all who lived in Lydda, they turned to the Lord. You, you talk to one person and one person comes to know Christ. And you know what happens? They tell their friends. They tell their family. And then in that region, others come to know Christ. You see here another thing that happens. Now in Joppa, verse 36, there was a disciple named Tabitha. Tabitha, her name in, translated into Greek is, is Dorcas. And she abounded in good deeds and she died. And all the widows showed Peter all the things they sent for Peter to come. And so Peter comes. He was asked to come and do ministry. And there, what does he do? Peter goes and kneels down, verse 40, beside the dead woman. And he says, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. She was alive. And so what happens is the glory... It says, verse 42, it became known all over Joppa and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed many days in Joppa with a tanner named Simon. So he's there with a tanner and all these people are coming to know Christ. They're lost and they're found through these events. Notice just one raised one from the dead. Just one healed one man that was paralyzed. But many were affected by that, the work that was done in the one. And then... What do we find? Well, in verse 10, he's, he's, he's in uh, Caesarea and there's a, there's a Roman soldier, Gentile, Cornelius. Cornelius is praying and he prays and the angel says, go find, your, your prayers have been answered. You want to know God, your prayers are answered. Go get, go send your men to go get Simon. That's in verse number three. He doesn't know who Simon is. But he does what the angel says. Simon is on top of the roof. He's ready for his meal. A sheet comes down and God says, whatever's clean is clean. I've made everything. It's all clean to prepare him for the knock on the door. It's the tanner's house. And the Romans come, these soldiers, I'm sure, 
They come and say, you've got to come with us. He goes to Cornelius' house. What does he do? Here's Peter, the Jew, in a house full of Gentiles. And they say, and Cornelius says, we are all here to hear what you have to say from God. We're all ready to hear. They all heard the gospel. He preached the gospel. And Cornelius and all of his house were saved. One man... As a result, many are saved. What is the value of the one? It's always tied to the many. And Paul, I won't ask you to go there, but Paul, over and over this happens. He's traveling and he's seeking and finding. He's traveling and he's seeking and finding. He goes to, he, he sees a vision. Now, if, sometime you can read it on your own. It's in Acts 16. He, he sees a vision of a man who says, come over and help us. The man was from Macedonia. He was from Europe. Here's this Jew who has a vision of a man in Europe saying, come help us. Listen, my friends, you may not see it in a vision. You may not hear it in a dream. But this is what the lost world says. Come help us. They act like they don't want you to say anything. They act like they don't want your help. But the lost world says, come and help us. Come and help us. And so what does he do? Well, he, you read through the chapter and he gets on a boat and he goes from here to there to there. I said to the earlier group, if you think it's frustrating to travel on an airliner, you don't even have any idea what it was like to travel on a ship in the ancient world. Here to there to there to there. And lo and behold, he gets there. Acts 16, these wonderful words. I'll just read them to you. In verse number 13, it says he landed and on the Sabbath day, he and Luke went out to, to the riverside where there were women praying. And a woman, Lydia, heard Paul preaching and God opened her heart and she was saved. One woman, all of that, all of that effort for one to be saved. As he's going along his way in this uh, European place, all of a sudden, there's a demon-possessed woman, verse 16. And she is preaching the gospel. This is the irony of it. A demon is declaring the gospel. You say, how? Here's what she kept saying. This demon-possessed woman is walking around saying about Paul and Luke. These men are bondservants of the Most High God who are preaching you to you the way of salvation. A demon. A demon. How strange it would be in your life and mine if we just go our way and let the Lord use us on a search and rescue mission. Well, Paul gets finally aggravated about it and tells the demon to come out of the woman. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her, verse 18. And she comes out that very moment. Another one, just a, a demon-possessed girl, saved a slave girl. Well, this throws the business off. For these people who had this demon-possessed woman under their control, they throw Paul in, in jail. And so it's Paul and Barnabas. They're in jail. And so here we find it. Now all of a sudden there's an earthquake. There's an earthquake while they're singing at midnight. And the jail doors are opened. And you know the story. The jailer, oh my soul, everybody's escaped. He was about to kill himself. And Paul said, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And the man, verse 30, comes and falls before them and says, Sir, what must I do to be saved? A woman, a businesswoman at the river, a demon-possessed woman under the control of others for business purposes, and a jailer 
who took care of criminals. One, just one. And as a result of this, Paul said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Verse 31, he was saved, he believed in the Lord, he was baptized, and all of his house. One to the many, one to the many, one to the many. You see, when we seek the Lord Jesus, we know how then we're to live. We're to seek others and lead them to Christ. When you search for sinners, you go everywhere. That's what we do as a church. You go everywhere. I started as a boy born in Oklahoma, and here I am in Tennessee. Oh, the paths I've been on to get here. You go everywhere. You go to the rich. You go to the poor. You go to the least. You go to the famous. You go to the haters. You go to those who are seeking to look for God. You go to those who are broken in their sinful condition. You go to the needy. You go to the forgotten who have no one. You go to the helpless. You go to those everywhere who are around you. You go to those who are in every kind of situation. You go and you bring them to Jesus. Come and see. Nathaniel said, what in the world? What, what good comes out of Nazareth? What an answer from his friend. Come and see. I'll tell you about Jesus. Are you kidding? You're into all of that? Yes. Come and see. Let me tell you what's happened. Our own men in our own church. So we, we go around the world here in this church. We literally do. We ask you to go on mission. We, we, we give enormous amounts of our money for mission causes. Without apology. Because we are a part of a group of people, believers, worldwide, globally, who are on a search and rescue mission. That's what you're a part of. That's what you're to do as a student, as a young adult, as a senior adult, whatever your age, whatever your condition, whether you're healthy or whether you're sick, we're all, as long as we're alive, we are those who are ambassadors for Christ, Paul says in another place. We are those who go. We're the ones who represent our Lord. Well, our own men, our last group of men who went trekking, hiking, traveling up the mountains in South Asia. They got on a plane. They went through all the changes, hours upon hours of flying to a strange place. They didn't know the language of anybody. Here are these white English guys getting off a plane there in... South Asia, they get their backpacks on, they carry them outside the city, they meet with some believers, and there they start up the mountain on search and rescue, on search and rescue to lead people to Christ and start churches. As they're going along the way, they go to one particular village and they always look for, it's called the, the person of peace. That simply means someone who would be willing, a stranger who would be willing to let these strange white English guys with backpacks come and at least sleep outside their house or be in the shelter somewhere. Well, they couldn't find a, a person of peace in a particular village. They went on their way. As time went along, one of our men had the opportunity to share the gospel with a woman, just one woman. She didn't know the language. She had to hear it through an interpreter. But one of our men shared the gospel with this woman thousands of miles from home. Thousands of miles from home. This woman's never set eyes on this man. This man's never set eyes on this woman. He shares the gospel with her. She weepingly says, I would love to believe, but my husband will beat me. I would love to believe, 
but my husband will beat me. As time went by, the men went on their way. They planted gospel seeds. They shared the gospel. Well, word came along the way later on that this woman believed in the Lord Jesus. She joined her church and she's no longer, she's no longer going to live in fear that her husband will beat her. One woman in South Asia. Just one. Just one. We don't know what will happen because this woman has been found by God. That what will happen in her family will change her life and others. Searching and finding is gospel ministry. Searching and rescuing is gospel ministry. Jude said it to believers in his little letter, one chapter. He said, we're to go saving others as if we were snatching them out of the fire. Look, you may be the last. I am not being dramatic. I'm being factual because I've seen it happen. You may meet up with someone, young or old, and you may be one of the last Christians they ever hear share the gospel before they're dead. What are you going to do? What will you do? Will you obey? Will you do? Will you follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, I don't have enough to say. Yes, you do. You know what to say. My life was a mess before I came to Christ, number one. Number two, here's how I met Jesus Christ. By faith, I trusted Him. I confessed my sin. He changed me. And now, number three, here's how I live today. My life is completely changed. God has blessed me in more ways than I can ever imagine. It is a simple thing. And if we live our lifestyle according to the will of God, and we seek to be Jesus to others, we will join the Holy Spirit of God as the gospel is being shared around the world on search and rescue. You know, you might move somewhere else. You stay on search and rescue. You might change jobs. You stay on search and rescue. You might have everybody else leave your house and all be grown in an empty house. You stay on search and rescue. This is our task. This is what we do. So what do we remember today as we go? The lost are loved by God. And if we love those that the Lord loves, we search for those who are lost. We search for the lost. We're called to search for the lost. I was lost and now I'm found. Joy comes in finding the lost. I do want to remind you of the sober words of the Lord. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father who's in heaven. Now on the chairs in the building here, there is this card. This card right here. All right. I'm going to ask every member of First Baptist Church to take one of these cards. I don't want you to put it in your Bible. And forget about it. You see, I don't, we're not giving you something to put on your phone. We're not sending you something in an email. We are giving you this. This is called a track. T-R-A-C-T. It's a gospel track. On the back, it has the way of salvation in the, from the book of Romans. Very simple. It has the name of our church. Every church member, every member of this church, since we're on search and rescue, here's your assignment this week. Take one of these and find someone to give this to this week. You've got, now this is, this is you have to actually talk to somebody, another human being. You can't text them. 
You can't email them. You can't give it to... No, it's your job. God's going to bring somebody across your path this week who's lost in their sins. They may be the most unlikely person. They may put on a front that would be scary and you think, oh, I don't think I'm going to talk to them. It doesn't matter. If God brings them your way, your job is to give them this gospel track. Good news track. Good news, good news. We've all sinned. Good news, we receive eternal life as a free gift. Good news, God demonstrates His love for us. Christ died for us. Good news, we must trust and surrender to Jesus as Lord. Good news, our assurance of salvation, knowing that I'm saved forever, is based on knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. That's what we do. So this week, we all take our tracks and we go. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near the door, my dear friends, First Baptist Church. And so we pray every day, come, Lord Jesus, come today. Come today, Lord Jesus. And while we're praying, come, Lord Jesus, we go with all of our hearts to tell as many people as we can the way to know Jesus Christ and be saved.